the RTE Rugby Podcast, sponsored by Canterbury. See the new Irish men and women's rugby jerseys at canterbury.com. And you're very welcome along to this week's RTE Rugby Podcast. A couple of days out from the first test in Auckland between Ireland and New Zealand at Eden Park. And we're split evenly between Dublin and New Zealand this morning. We've got Bernard Jackman and myself from Dublin and Michael Corcoran and Donal Lenahan down in Auckland. And Corky, I'm going to go to you first because you just told us you have a big update there. You finally have your arrival. The suitcase has finally arrived after how many days? Uh, it's been four, nearly five at this stage, and I thought I was um, so, sort of suffering on my own, to be fair about it, Neil, but um, it's actually quite a complex problem. Um, there's a small, tight Irish media uh, group have travelled here, and I think there are three of eight people have missing luggage, um, including some other people outside the group who've, who've arrived today as well, two or three others there, so it's... Uh, it's not just me, it's a worldwide problem, but I'm adapting the kind of I'm all right Jack attitude now for the rest of this, I can tell you. People have often criticised the, the hygiene of Irish journalists. I imagine it's it's only ramped up in the last few days, is it? It's, uh, I'll tell you what, I've actually um, kept the sales going on Queen Street, um, but <laughs> I, I've got so much, so much clothes at this stage now, I'll, I'll be giving away stuff by the time we check out here early next week. You managed, you managed to get everything all right, Donald. You, you, you know such issues. Yeah, I did. Yeah, some of us are better organised than others. You know, Corky's <laughs> just been going around borrowing pyjamas off everyone there for the week. So uh, thanks for the God, his bag has arrived. We can move on. <laughs> well, that's the good news anyway. Now, we do also have actual rugby news because the, the Irish team was named overnight. If you haven't heard it, uh, a couple of interesting calls in it. You get Peter O'Mahony into the back row with Jack Conan on the bench. You also have Tyg Byrne in is the starting second instead of Ian Henderson, who is out injured. And then Keith Earls has got the nod on the right wing with Jordan Larmer missing out on the match day 23. The All Blacks have also named their team eight of the sides that started against Ireland in November. Interesting, Leicester Fanganuku is making his debut on the wing and Scott Barrett as well is starting in the back row. Guys, we'll start with the Irish team straight away, though, because uh, Donald, it's funny, there aren't there aren't usually too many big surprises anymore with the Irish team. It's a very settled squad. But one of the one of the calls, the calls that to be made, I suppose, was Peter O'Mahony getting the nod in the back row over Jack Conan. Is that is that targeting the line out? Is it targeting the breakdown? Is it a horses for courses selection? I suppose is the question. Yeah, I think so. Look, uh, I had a feeling coming into this game that Peter O'Mahony would be selected. Um, you know, when you look, uh, and no, I'm not sure whether uh, the Irish team knew what New Zealand were going to do in advance, uh, given that they've selected Scott Barrett in the back row, so an effective three second rows playing. But, um, you know, the line-out is such a key element for, for Ireland. I always felt that Peter was in the running. Uh, you go back that he had an outstanding game against Toulouse in the game that was ultimately decided by that famous penalty shootout. Um, Jack Conan, I think, is, is looks as if he's suffering a little bit from his exertions, a long-season Lions tour. And uh, Keelan Doris is impressed uh, at number eight in, for, for Leinster in the last couple of matches. So, um, you know, I'm not overly surprised by that. I think the call on the wing, like given the injuries with Mac Hansen out, with Rob Balakoon, didn't uh, obviously even get to start on the tour given his injury. I think it was down to, to Keith Earls and Jordan Lammer. Um, Lammer probably had the better of the two in a kind of a, a mixed performance last night. But look, experience is everything when you're playing against New Zealand. And uh, Keith Earls gets the nod. So look, it's 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 an experienced team, uh, but you know certainly the likes of of 
losing Ian Henderson. Um, Ty Byrne hasn't played a match, I don't think, since the Six Nations. Uh, obviously, Kean Healy is named on the bench, but you know, I saw him going off uh, the field. In fact, I was within a couple of yards of him last night. And, uh, uh, Lazarus would be short of it if he does actually make the bench on Saturday. So uh, it'd be interesting to see there. Obviously, Rob Herring is out as well. So concerns are on the cover for the front five for me. Uh, and I think that's an area that New Zealand will be targeting. Yeah, and Birch, the just to continue on O'Mahony as well, obviously Scott Barrett being named at six for the All Blacks is something we probably didn't see coming as well. How does the, the Irish, I suppose, second and back row match up when you look at the, the power New Zealand have in there now with, with Retelick, Sam Whitelock and Scott Barrett all in the in the same pack? Yeah, look, I think you'd have to say on, on, on form and on paper, New Zealand have the... Um, the upper hand there, and that's you know I would say of that back for, back five for Ireland, um, only Josh Van der Fleer is, is bang on form. Peter obviously against Toulouse was outstanding, and he, look at you know Peter has the ability to have big moments in a game. Uh, Kalen has been quiet. Um, will will move into eight, you know, regenerate him. Um, you know, I think uh, Jack. Jack is. Uh, I totally agree with Donald. I think his form had had dipped a bit, and maybe it's just fatigue after after a long season. Um, and it's a big ask of Tyg Byrne, you know, to come in having not played for a while to, to play this test. But again, he's a player who has big moments, and um, and and you know, James Ryan again has struggled a little bit for for form as well. So on paper, uh, I think New Zealand will will think that they have the the upper hand in that area of the game. I think the lineout is crucial. Think back to even to Chicago when we beat them. Um, you know, we got after their attacking line out and, and won a lot of possession. It is going to be a, a, a key. Um, I, I think we saw the skill set of the Maoris on uh, last night. Um, that's the fear. If, if the All Blacks have too much possession, um, they have an ability to get passes away that we don't come across very often in um, in the URC or, or in the Six Nations. And that, that that's a big worry for us. So obviously, if we can start them with good possession, that'll be a big part of, of, of trying to get a win. And Michael, you were on Andy Farrell's press conference there in the last the last couple of hours. What did he have to say about the, some of those calls he made? Well, I asked him, the first question I asked him today was about the Kane Healy situation. And um, he said that um, he had gone for a scan and that it wasn't as bad as they thought it was initially going to be. Now, he said he's got some um, rehab protocols to go through between now and the weekend, um, you know, to see whether he's going to be on the bench or not. So I think there's kind of a door left slightly ajar there. Uh, that maybe he may not come through. And that then presents a bit of a dilemma in terms of um, what, what they do there, because Jeremy Lockman is going through um, is going through the HIA protocol. So I think we might end up having to have uh, Finley, Bielham and Tom O'Toole on the bench. Um, that's, that's, what, that's what the knock-on effect here may very well be. But, um, you know, Andy spoke about the, the kind of the learnings from, from last night. And it's a word I kind of, I, I don't like it. I have to say when people, you know, because we're all learning something every day, that's the reality about it. But as Bernard said there, and, and I mean, Donald was with me at the match last night, we were talking about it all the way through. It's just the speed and the skill set of the Maori All Blacks. And if that has to be replicated by New Zealand um, up the road in Eden Park on Saturday night, we, we could be in trouble, you know, given the fact that there are so many, um, you know, players who are short of match practice or haven't played for, for a period of time there. Um, the Scott Barrett thing at, at six, um, some people down here had been talking about it. 
uh, Bryn Hall, uh, the former um, Maori All Black, spoke about it on one of the TV programs during the weekend, and he did play there, sort of in the in in the Rugby World Cup, but to, with, with good effect as well too. So, it's one of those things that um, you know Ireland have to be on song, otherwise it's that that they're going to be in trouble. That's the reality. Yeah, and Donald, the other 50-50 call, I suppose, is the way of putting it, was Keith Earls getting the nod over Jordan Larmer. I think we all kind of expected with Matt Hansen out, it was going to be one of those two. And we kind of thought whoever came through best against the Maoris on, on Wednesday night probably would be the one to get it. Now, as you, I think it was either yourself or Birch said, it, it looked like Larmer probably seemed the more lively on the night, maybe just saw a little bit more action. But it was Keith Earls who got the nod in the end. Yeah, it was. And I think it comes down purely to experience. Uh, Larmer had been on fire when he came back for uh, Leinster, having been out injured for so long in the latter stages of the URC. Uh, he did pick up a, a bang on the shoulder. He certainly had one big stinger after a, a massive hit on the on the Maori number eight. Um, but look, I think in the end of the day, Keith Earls was caught. Uh, I mean, the, the counter-attacking skills of the Maori were just unbelievable. Uh, Ireland's kicking game. And I think there, you know, there's... Last night's game, in many respects, look, it has no relevance to what happens on Saturday. But uh, I think there was a, uh, if you were to take broader implications from it, A, I think just the pure physicality of the Maoris, I think it shocked some of our fellas. And secondly, if you kick as loosely as we did, uh, even to the uh, the back three that the Maoris had, they're largely unknown players. But, uh, you know, that lad, Zaren Sullivan, uh, Stevenson in, in, in the back three were just electric. And uh, so Keith Earls, there was, to be fair, there was uh, in the counter-attack elements of that, there was tackles made early. Keith Earls was kind of left in no man's land a few times. So it is difficult to pin any blame on Earls or Lammer. But um, just going back to the selection, I think the experience of 90-plus caps is probably what has got him there in the end. But, um, you know, it was frightening at times to see just the, the quality. And those players, I was actually staying in the Maurice Hotel in Hamilton, so uh, you know, I was looking at them. I mean, they're all they're all very big, but incredibly young. The vast majority of that backline were sort of 21, 22 years of age. I actually spoke to Brad Weber after breakfast this morning, the New Zealand scrum half who captained the Maori last night, and uh, I was asking him about the fullback Sullivan. Any any relations in West Cork or Kerry? He kind of looked at me, and not sure where he was talking about, but uh, what he did say is that. Sullivan was outstanding. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he said, plays for the Blues. He doesn't play for the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, that's the type of talent that they have available to them. Um, and I think if games get unstructured, that natural talent that they have, they always remind me here, look, like Michael, we've been in New Zealand several times and it never ceases to amaze me. Just kids over here, they've rugby balls in their hands all the time. It's like Dr. Kenny and you see everyone with a hurley in their hand. So their skill levels, they do things naturally. They don't even have to think about it. And, um, you know, there, there's a couple of, of, you mentioned the New Zealand, there are a couple of new caps as well, but all those guys playing super rugby, that uh, they love that unstructured type of game. Um, I think in the, the sort of Northern Hemisphere games they've played, when they come up against big structured defences, they can struggle at times. So, um, but I now cite... I think for a lot of the Irish players was just a reminder of, okay, you know, we've beaten New Zealand three times in the last five years. But when you come to New Zealand, you're in, this is rugby territory. It's uh, and it's, it's a different type of examination. And I think that's the way it's going to be on Saturday as well. 
Yeah, and speaking, Birch, of that, like that natural talent that Donald was talking about, like one of the debuts they're giving out this uh, this weekend is Lester Fanganuko on the wing, and he's someone who's probably, if it wasn't for COVID, maybe he co- probably could have made his debut in the, a year or two a year or two ago as well. But it's it's just incredible the embarrassment of riches the All Blacks seem to have because you've Will Jordan joined top try scorer in Super Rugby last year, he gets injured. And all they're able to do is replace him with the other joint top try scorer in Super Rugby this season. While on the other wing, actually, you have Seve Reese, who also got 10 tries last season as well. So, like, the talent they have is is just incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, and look, you, you mentioned they've lost some really good players to COVID. Um, and obviously, Caleb Clark as well is, is involved this weekend, but it's, it's sniffing around. And that's the, that's the exciting thing about it um, in terms of being, trying to be neutral in this. Like, when, if they get good ball um, they make incredible things happen and um, that's a threat for Ireland from, from a defensive point of view to try and you know take away their time take away their space because they are magic uh, magic to watch and um, it is very exciting you know I'd much prefer if they were playing someone else playing England or Wales or, or Scotland you can just sit back and enjoy it but uh, no it's, it's the trend and I just thought it was a great shot of the the first choice Irish players sitting in the in the uh, stand watching what was happening, you know, against the Maori. And, you know, you can just imagine in their head, they're known, you know, if they didn't know and, and, um, how hard it was going to be, I think, you know, Wednesday night looking on, on the pitch at their teammates struggling to a certain extent and um, brought it home. But yet it's going to be a different occasion. It's, you know, it's Eden Park, it's sold out. It's a, it's a, it's a test match. So, um, I, like, as, as Dawn said, like Lex of Earls, et cetera, there's a lot of experience in this team. There's a lot of quality. And it's just a case of hitting the ground running again. Like the way they finished against Scotland, uh, you know, they were very much cohesive. They were very confident. They were very together, very accurate. Unfortunately, the way the provincial season petered out, you know, um, they probably went onto, this, onto the plane maybe a little bit lacking confidence or, or unsure about their, their ability to dominate. So they're back, they're back in, on track on, on, on Saturday and it's going to be fascinating. Just in terms of the props, Ed Byrne has left Ireland to go to New Zealand. Um, I don't know if they've announced that yet, but Ed Byrne is on his way. They haven't. Cheers, cheers for the scoop, Birch. No worries, no worries. Um, and Josh Witcherly, I believe, is in Thailand on holiday, so he won't be too far away if they, if they need him. Look, I think they, you know, I, I'd be shocked if Keane Healy plays. And it, on the team sheet, I, I, I saw he's down as a tight head prop, prop yeah. Um, yeah. with Pinny Beanham on the loose head. So, um Look at that. We know he's he's played a little bit of tight head this year. Certainly last summer they tried to, to convert him um to tight head, but like uh, rehab protocols. I mean, from Wednesday to Saturday, going off on a, a, a um you know on a golf cart. Uh, I'd be I'd be very surprised if he can if he can play. And also, would it be wise to risk him? You know, when if he was able to get back for a second test, third test, yeah. um, you know, you probably need him there given given the way players are dropping. And Corky, the the other interesting, as if as if Ireland and New Zealand three tests didn't need anything more interesting, is the way COVID has fell on the All Blacks camp and first Eugene Foster and now Greg Feek is the latest one this morning, who's had to go as well. And Mike Cron has come in, the the legendary scrum coach. But obviously, all we're concerned about is the fact that Joe Schmidt is now front and center involved in the in the All Blacks yeah. camp. What what have you like in terms of on the ground in New Zealand? Has there been is there much excitement about that? Is, 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 is that being spoken about down there as much as it is up here? It is. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is people down here are saying having Joe Schmidt involved 
um, with the All Blacks this week and now from tomorrow having Mike Cron involved with the All Blacks. There are people down here who say that actually strengthens the All Blacks management team because there are quite a number of people down here who you know would, would like to see Joe Schmidt running the All Black team as distinct from Ian Foster. You know, there are, it's one of those scenarios where, you know, there are some people for Ian Foster, a lot of people are against him. That's the reality about it. But um, it's, it's kind of strange, you know, in, par- in terms of their preparation for this um, three-game test series, um, some eyebrows were raised at the, at the idea that the All Blacks went to the northern part of the North Island which is largely unvaccinated as part of their preparations. So they didn't go to the, you know, to, to seek out people who are unvaccinated. They, they had their normal training camps and they'd open training sessions for fans, signing autographs, uh, you know, pictured with fans and everything. But the staging of that was in an area which is hugely unvaccinated. And that's seen as one of the reasons why um, people picked up, um, picked up the virus and, and brought it back with them. Um, obviously, people, you know, you know, and even just anecdotally walking around the streets here in Auckland during the course of this week, there's been a noticeable increase um, every day this week of the number of people who were, asked, who were actually wearing masks, even just walking around the place on the street. Um, if you go into um, a shop or an indoor setting or anything like that, even a supermarket, um, they won't let you in the door unless you're wearing a mask. Now, they'll actually hand one out to you. Um, so people are very conscious of the fact that it's around the place here, but it's been disruptive, certainly, in terms of the, um, the, the, the preparations. But what I mean, what people to call on, you know, in terms of the, the management situation there, Joe, you know, the Joe Schmidt one, obviously, there was a bit of kind of almost, you know, people poking each other in the roots and sniggering about it, kind of crack or whatever. But what's he going to do in the space of two days? I don't know. Is he, he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because if he comes in, and, and throws his magic dust over the all-black team and they win, people will say, geez, for a player that Ian Foster's done a great job, hasn't he? You know what I mean? So, so what, 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 what does Josh Smith do or what's the long-term prognosis for him? But Mike Cron coming in instead of Greg Feek, with respect to Feeky, I think um, Cron is seen as the kind of world authority on scrummaging. Sorry, Bert, I know that you're chasing that title yourself, but um, I mean, Mike Cron coming in there has, uh, is certainly after strengthening them but it's been, a, it's been a very, very interesting week. And let's hope it kind of settles down in terms of the match and settles down in terms of next week. And, um, you know, let, 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 let's hope that um, that the Mac Hansen uh, situation, COVID-wise, is the only Irish player. But people are just very, very conscious. Donald will know he's up towards the team hotel there. Um, I couldn't afford to stay up there, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he, will, he will know more about, uh, about people mixing and mingling in that part of Auckland. Yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, we've got two long more weeks ahead of us. I think a lot of us are forgetting that we're getting very, very excited about uh, one test this weekend. But Donald, to to go back on, on Joe Schmidt there, like as as Corky was saying, like there's only so much he can do in, you know, two days out in the pitch with, with the team. What do you expect would be the, the main things you kind of focus on? Is it just kind of pinpointing maybe one or two little things to focus on? Maybe draw, draw I, I, his experience with world rugby, like knowing what referees are going to want, small things like that? Yeah, I think uh, it's a kind of a difficult one for Joe in that, you know, he's actually been appointed uh, a selector. Now, nobody really knows what his specific role is. But I think uh, whether by uh, I, I initiated by Joe, he didn't want to be involved initially in this series. He requested that he'd only come on board in the New Zealand management setup after the three test series. And I think uh, 
there's a few friends of his from Ireland that have actually come out and were supposed to be staying in his house, but whether they got shut out or not, I'm not so sure. Um, but as, as you know, as you've said, uh, I think he'll be there more as a resource to the New Zealand players to kind of maybe offer in-depth um, analysis, both on individual Irish players and on the patterns and the way that they play. Uh, I do think, um, you know, when you look at the experience that New Zealand have, Brody Retallick, Sam Whitelock, uh, they're, they're both nearly, well, Sam Whitelock becomes the second most capped New Zealander of all time. Um, Retallick has been around a long time. There's a lot of pressure being put on Aaron Smith and Bowden Barrett as senior players. And obviously Sam Kane is, is captain. It's almost as if they've been given the running of the team um, to a certain degree and that, um, you know, they're the ones who probably know better. Joe Schmidt is coming into that New Zealand environment for the very first time. So as Michael said, there's only so little that you can do. Um, but I think from, uh, I, I would imagine he'll be there as a resource for those players. Uh, the in-depth knowledge that he has in Irish rugby, both individually and collectively and the way they play, can only be seen as a plus for New Zealand. Uh, but the other thing that's very evident as well is, um, you know, the respect that's there for Irish rugby in New Zealand now. Um, New Zealand, a lot of those players have been on a, a two, if not all three, defeats that Ireland have, have had over New Zealand over the past number of years. So I think they want to put the record straight. Uh, Ireland dominated in that win against New Zealand last November. I think if we, we have to be honest and say, look, New Zealand were on their last legs. They had been in Australia finishing out Super Rugby, I think, for six or seven weeks in a very tight bubble. They then had to go across and play a USA in, in Washington. So by the time they came over here, they were on their last legs. And I think there's an element within that New Zealand camp that uh, you didn't see the true New Zealand. Uh, and we know what that's like. Ireland over the years, like trying to tour at this time of the year, it's massively demanding on players given the seasons that they've had. So, um, yeah, look, uh, I suppose uh, Joe, he's a proud fella as well in his own way. He won't want New Zealand to be beaten on, the first, on his first involvement in the New Zealand camp. So uh, it adds a little bit of intrigue. But look, honestly, at the end of it, um, you know, there's, very, uh, there's a very limited impact that he's going to have in four days. Birch, with all that in mind and the disruption New Zealand have had, if Ireland were to go and win this Saturday at Eden Park and be the first team in, what, 18 years or, no, since 28 years, sorry, to, to win a test match against New Zealand in Auckland at Eden Park, would there be any little bit of an asterisk beside it, any little qualification beside it about you know the disruption New Zealand have had or would that win stand on its own two feet? No, I think it would stand as well to feed. You look at the quality of the team they've picked, you know, um, they still have an incredible squad, even with some players out with COVID. You know, as, as Corky said, to be able to replace, you know, Greg Feek uh, with Mike Cron, to be able to, you know, get Joe Schmidt uh, to take train this week. It's it's phenomenal. It's in Auckland where their record is is phenomenal. They know what's coming. They're obviously sore about what happened last year. They're fresher than we are. Um, I think it'd be a an incredible um, win for Ireland if you could get if we get a win this week. Just looking through the the rest of the team then as well, actually, Birch to, to some of the other selection calls that were made. As I said, the the first team is generally so settled there aren't actually too many contentious calls in it these days. But 
on the bench, Kieran Treadwell got the nod over Ryan Baird at the replacement second row. Were you surprised about that at all? Yeah, look, I think Baird hasn't got uh, a run of a run of games, uh, and in fact, in fairness to Treadwell, Treadwell hasn't always got selected for Ulster, but um, you know, um, he has impressed Farrell. Uh, he's a big ball carrier. Um, the beauty of Baird, obviously, is he gives you two options. He covers second row and back row on the bench, um, which Treadwell doesn't doesn't really do that. But obviously, they've Conan there. But I, I I would have personally went for Baird because the way players are dropping, you know, and the fact that Ty Byrne hasn't played a lot, Peter hasn't played for a while, uh, the physicality of this game is in. I, I would I would have went for for Baird just because he gives you an, an extra bench option. But I can see what Treadwell brings, um, and obviously Baird, um, Baird. We don't know if he got a little knock on on, on Wednesday night, but uh, it's fascinating. It, it is interesting. I, Treadwell, in fairness to him, has stuck at it, um, has developed his game, and you know he's he is a, a viable option. It probably wasn't a year ago, um, and maybe Fire, maybe Fire is just trying to get more game time into him and see how high his ceiling is. And Corky, before we finish up, there were. A couple of other injuries yesterday in the game. Jeremy Lockman, as we, as we mentioned earlier on, going through the return-to-play protocols. James Hume, Jimmy O'Brien also also picked up issues. Were there any updates on them from, from Andy Farrell today? Yeah, it's not looking good, I would say, for, um, for James Hume. He had, um, um, he had an MRI scan earlier in the day. Um, I think they're waiting to let it kind of settle down and that there may be another scan. Um, scenario there but I mean the, the the words that Andy Farrell used at the press conference were that it wasn't looking good from right now uh, they were hoping it might settle down but it's a growing issue there so he's the one of of most concern so um it, you know we're nearly talking more about injury updates during, every day this week since we came out here and more after the um the, the game last night but it's not um I would say if I was a betting man I'd say it's not looking positive for James Hume at the moment yeah, 40-man squad is looking fairly thin at the moment. Guys, yeah. we'll finish up here very quickly, though, in one word. What's your verdicts for the weekend? Corky, I'll give you, I'll give you the first word. Home win. Donald? Yeah, if you're in New Zealand, uh, you have to fancy New Zealand to win in Eden Park. And Birch? All Blacks. All right, three for the All Blacks. I don't have to give a prediction because I'm, uh, I'm hosting this. I can... <laughs> I can keep my cards close to my chest and decide on Saturday afternoon which way I voted. But uh, don't let him, Bernard Jackman, Michael Corcoran, thanks a million for joining us. And we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Cheers, bye. The RTE Rugby Podcast, sponsored by Canterbury. See the new Irish men and women's rugby jerseys at canterbury.com.